We have a special guest on today, Rabbi Yitzchak Frankfurter from the Ami magazine. And he has done tremendous amount of work on behalf of Klal Yisrael in the past years. And I'd like to welcome him to the show. Rabbi Frankfurter, welcome to Shia Horowitz, Creating a Better World. Thank you so much, Rabbi Horowitz. It's really a great pleasure and honor to be on your show. And um, I couldn't put him to you and to all your listeners. Thank you. Now, Rabbi Frankfurter and me have known each other for quite some time, and we are of opposing views on many things, and that's what makes the show interesting. And I'd like to begin by asking Rabbi Frankfurter the following question. Thank you for having, first of all, the courage to come onto this show. And before we begin, people would like to know, you opened the Ami magazine. Now, you didn't do it for money. You did it because you had an agenda. Can you tell us the agenda behind the Ami magazine? Well, I don't know if I would call it an agenda. Um, first of all, I didn't know that it takes so much courage to go on the show with you. That's <laughs> something which you're scaring me, uh, Rabbi <laughs> Herb. Um, but, um, I, I'm, I'm, but I guess I'm, I'm pretty courageous. I was courageous to open up the magazine. I don't know if we'd call it an agenda. We, I believe and continue to believe that what unites all Jews and unites all human beings, basically, is the cycle that we all have. We all have intelligence. And I wanted to open up a magazine where we'll be united because it'll be a very intelligent publication. And that was my intent. And um, to, to, to be very candid, I have no other agenda than having a very smart publication. I don't believe that you have to lower your intelligence to be a from Jew. On the contrary, I think one of the, the, the brightest people were, 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 were Baruch Hashem, were, were, um, were from Eden, and, and we continue to be so. But, so I don't want to talk about any other publication. I felt there was a need uh, for an intelligent publication, and, um, and I think that time has proven that I was correct in that analysis. And Baruch Hashem, we filled a certain niche where we have a very smart, a very educated, a very um, highly sophisticated publication. And if I can say so myself, I think it's a very firm publication. I do admit that your publication has intended to take on a more intelligent form, format at least. And yet, on the part of unity, I'm not sure. In other words, you wrote in your editorial after Rabbi Ovadia Yosef was nifta, you wrote that your goal was to unite Klal Yisrael. And at the same time, you write that you're a shliach from Rebdovit Salavaychik, which, in my opinion, is a contradiction because you cannot be a messenger of one godl and then claim to be unity because you admit that there are people more right than Rebdovit, there are people more left than Rebdovit. As much as I respect Rebdovit Salavaychik, and I heard from a friend who went into him, and he said that he has a good messenger in America called Rabbi Yitzhak Frankfurter. Still, I think it is a contradiction in itself to call yourself a voice for jury and at the same time call yourself a messenger from David Salavajic. Well, I, I will respectfully disagree with that. And let me tell you why. I believe that um, every person has his own perspective on things. The daily Israel have their own perspectives on things, and you're right, you're correct, they're saying that David Solvechik, uh, my very esteemed and Hashem Rosh Hashiva, who I, I'm totally mevatel myself for him, I totally um, submit myself to his opinion, um, is, is, it represents a certain point of view. But every person has a point of view. If you want to fool yourself and think that other publications don't have a certain perspective, another point of view, Go ahead and, and, and tell yourself, but I will tell you that every human being has his, own, has his own perspective. And I'm very open about my perspective. I tell you exactly where I'm coming from. I, t- I tell you exactly what I believe in. And I think the contrary, because I am so candid about my perspective, because I am so candid about my point of view, I think to the contrary. I think people gravitate towards that. They like to see, even if people disagree with me um, or, or, or disagree with the, with the editorial policy of the publication, that's not a reason why, why people get turned off, so to speak. But on the contrary, people enjoy that, appreciate the, the um, breeziness, they appreciate the uh, honesty of the publication. And the Ami magazine does have a very strong perspective on certain things, but so does every other publication. And if, if, and if, it's, not, and if it's not open, it's only because they're trying to hide it. 
and um, and and we don't hide it. I, I I tell you openly where where we stand. My friends, before I continue with the next question, I'd like to open the line for text messages. I will not let any phone calls because this is too important for me now. But you can text our show at 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. 347-927-TEXT. Rabbi Frankfurter, would you mind calling your magazine, I don't mean renaming your magazine, but titling your magazine, The Voice of Brisk? Because it is a very unique voice. No, no, I mean, take a look. No, 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 no. I mean, that, we're taking it too far. I mean, you know, listen, I told you where I stand. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you stand. But if you identify where you stand, if you want to be very candid and objectify where you stand, will you rename your show um, where you stand? Um, I, I'm not, I don't want to. I don't want to I'll answer you. I don't box. call myself. I don't call myself a messenger from anyone. I call myself Shia Horowitz, and I claim to say what I believe in. But you're constantly hanging yourself on Rebdovitz Soloveitchik. So no, that's I, why I, I will disagree with you. Let me just tell you this. Um, let, me, let me tell you just in this publication, this week's publication. <coughs> in this past week, we have on the cover somebody who's totally not brisk. As a matter of fact, Breslov, um, we have, um, for those who don't know, we have the Blazer Kane, actually, of Breslov and Sfas. He, was, he, he graced our cover. A person who I would like to go back to as a show, although I've been to that show way too often the past couple of months, I would like to go back just to meet with him again. Now, if anybody knows anything about Brisk, um, they know that Breslov and Brisk don't see eye to eye. Actually, um, the Briskarov, that's all, um, considered Breslov one of those things, one of those movements in Little Hasidus. Which, um, which identified the old Hasidus where, where the Gra and the Talmidim had an Akpadan, which was Breslov. I, I actually graced the cover with, 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 um, of, of the past week with the Kanik. So if you want to box Ami magazine in as a brisket perspective, I think that because the editorial policy um, reflects a certain perspective um, to say that we're a brisket magazine, I think they don't understand what Ami is all about in all candor. Um, and not only, not only um, with Dresler, we had Panovich a few weeks ago. You will see in the coming week, I had spoken to Shmuel Oybach, I'd spoken to, to Rav Steinman, and I quoted all of these people. And they don't, they're not necessarily brisk. I respect Baruch Hashem, all the Gedol Yisrael, um, and the Hasidic Gedol Yisrael, and the Lutzer Gedol Yisrael, and the Svardish Gedol Yisrael actually had a, an interview with Rabbi um, Tzchuk Yosef, the Rav Rashi, um, from Israel today. So to box me in, to box Ami in, and say that we are a brisk magazine, is not to understand the difference between um, an editorial point of view and what a magazine stands for. I thank you for your answers, and I'd like to continue with the next point. You're speaking about your recent publications, and one of your highlights in your recent publications is the Gios Bnei Yeshivas, which is going on in Eretz Yisrael. And your magazine continuously... Um, at least um, voiced the opinion that Klal Yisrael unites against it. And by the protest in Manhattan, once again, the underlying voice was that Klal Yisrael comes to Manhattan to protest or to pray. That in itself may be offensive to many people at the right and on the left, because Rabbi Zalman Leib Teitelbaum from Satme, or the Skvere Rebbe from Nusquare, or Heshel Shechte from YU, I'm taking both sides of the spectrum, did not endorse that event. So by calling it Klal Yisrael Unites, and deliberately omitting that a big chunk of Klal Yisrael on the right and on the left did not support it, isn't that offensive to at least a great and large part of Klal Yisrael? That's even before we start talking about all the other groups. Well, uh, let, me, let me first say this. Uh, first of all, I, I know that the Square Rebbe's sons 
did participate. So he definitely, certainly didn't, the Rebbe, the square Rebbe, certainly didn't have anything against this thing, against the, the Asifa or the Aterist Tefillah that took place in Manhattan, because otherwise his sons would never participate. So by the, by the, so I don't think you should mention the square Rebbe in the same breath as you mentioned the Sapir Rebbe of Zalmulayb, because I understand that he did have some objections. Um, the square Rebbe did send his Shluchim, why he himself, why the Rebbe himself did not participate, is unknown to me. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't be honest with you. I could have inquired about that, but I did not. So I do not know the reason for that, but I do know for certain that his sons did, did participate. And for me, that's an indication that the Sikhar Rebbe supported this, this event. Um, the Satmar Rebbe did not support it for, for other reasons, um, not because, therefore, the draft has a show. Um, I think that they're probably harsher against the draft than most people that did participate. And I think they see it from a far different point of view, and that was one of the reasons why they objected to this. So, to, I mean, to exclude them, um, you know, would, would, be, would, be, would be something else. But let me, let me, going back to your previous point about Zubdavid, I mean, the messenger that he sees me as is really in, the, in this sense, where he asked me to voice his objections to the, to the, um, to the draft. And before anybody was speaking about this, before this became a Klal Yisrael issue, this was a very important issue to him. So this was really my, 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 my shlicha, so to speak. Um, I'm the emissary of my Chashev Rosh Hashiva in regard to spreading the word about the draft. That's it. It's not regarding Hasidus. It's not regarding Satmar. It's not regarding Babla. It's not regarding Bills. It's not regarding Sephardim. It's got nothing to do with anything else other than the fact that he asked me to spread the word about the draft. I do believe um, that the draft issue in Israel is probably, like my Rosh Hashiva, um, and I shouldn't say like my Rosh Hashiva, I mean, I'm a Talmud, I shouldn't be saying like my Rosh Hashiva, but I understand it from his perspective. I do not think, I don't think, that, is, that Claudius Yisrael faced a serious challenge to its future like it's facing today. And I, I, I unfortunately was not yet successful in conveying the full message of my Rosh Hashiva. And of all the Gedali Yisrael, I have to tell you that I was in Yisrael two months ago, and I was in Yisrael two weeks ago. I have never seen all Gedali Yisrael so united in their pain, in their anguish as to what's going on at Israel today. Um, there's absolutely no difference between, between Abavagi Yosef's Choshev's sons and between the Belzer Rebbe and between Abba Yelayv Steinman and between Rav Oyerbach in the general fear of what's going on in Israel and what the future holds. This is the first time in Israeli history where there's a party that was successful in its campaign promises, to try to bring an end to the Haredi, to the, to the Haredi um, growth. And the way to bring an end to, to start bringing an end to that is through drafting the young boys into the Israeli army. Anybody who doesn't understand what Yeshatid understands, that by taking these boys and drafting them and taking them out of the yeshiva and putting them to the army, they're effectively bringing an end to a certain culture. They're bringing an end to a certain way of life. And all the Gedol Yisrael are united. You're saying that I'm a messenger of the, of, of the Brisker Shiva. It's solely with respect to spreading this word. And this is a word that's united. I mean, you're saying it's not a Klal Yisrael? So fine, there may be um, some pockets that are resisting it, but I have to tell you that in Yisrael, today, today they came out, many Gedol Yisrael were supporting one of the MKs who went against the vote. All, all the um, religious Zionist um, Rabbanim, I mean, many of them, supported this MK. I mean, there is a united voice, and I have never seen such a united voice in my lifetime against something which they all view as a tremendous danger to Claudius Stroll. So to call my publication a brisker publication no, no, no. is not to understand what we're all about. Rabbi Frank Vitter, um, once again, I thank you for your long answer. And I'd like to make clear what I'm asking. Once again, I want to say that you say all Gadoyle Yisrael, and I beg to disagree. 
I have Harav Zalman Melamed, Harav Tsukeman, Harav Avin, Harav Michal Avraham. I have a list here of over a thousand. If you want, if you don't mind, I'll send it to you. Over a thousand Rabbonim that believe that Bochrim should serve in the army. Now that doesn't mean that's my opinion. I want to make this clear. It doesn't mean it's my opinion. But I have a list. I spoke to two Rabbonim here in Flatbush. I actually spoke to a Rav who has all his Nispalalim from America leave to Israel to serve in the IDF. Actually, one of his Talmidim, who I just spoke to, was Messiah Shas the day he joined the IDF. And therefore, my question is, how can we say that all of Klal Yisrael unites? Because can we take any Rav and say he's not part of Klal Yisrael simply because he has a different opinion on this great question? I have to tell you, though, the Master Gadol the Master Gadol the Master Gadol from the Degel, the Master Gadol from the Israel, the Master Gadol from the Sardom, are all united in this call. Satmar is united in this call for certain. The Badats from the Edachredus is united in this call. If you're going to show me individual Rabbanim who say that against those, I would be more than happy you show me that list because maybe if I have the time, although it's before Pesach, we have to produce a lot of magazines until Pesach, and including the Pesach issue. <coughs> I would like to visit those Rabbanim and have a conversation with them because I do not think they understand the gravity of the situation. When the Belzer Rebbe, um, the emissary in the Knesset, uh, announces in the Knesset that we're going to take our makal nedudim, we're going to take our wandering stick, and he said this in front of Shimon Peres, uh, we're going to take our wandering stick and we're going to look for a new country to, where to move to. Um, I don't think that should be taken lightly. I don't think so. I don't think that when, when, um, when M.K. Gaffney um, tells um, Netanyahu that you have no right to call yourself anymore a Jewish, a Jewish country, I don't think those things should be taken lightly. I think that there's been a divide um, in the Israeli society like there's never been before. Um, and if there's individual Rabbanim, you're always going to find individual Rabbanim who, who have differing, different opinions, and I would like to speak with them to get their opinion clearly. But, you'll, but this has been a tremendous divide. And if, you would ask, if I would ask you, Rabbi Horowitz, why in the world Israel, when it's faced with such an existential threat by its neighbors, especially after the Arab Spring, the so-called Arab Spring, and, and when Egypt collapsed and Syria is in collapse and is in ruins, being under pressure to make peace with Palestinians when they don't like the peace treaty, um, being threatened by Iran with nuclear annihilation, uh, why would they choose to divide the country at this point in time? They are dividing the country. They have, they have successfully made the Haredim hate and, 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 and look as, uh, upon the other part of Israel like enemies. What's, why is this necessary at this point in time, can you tell me? This, is, this has been such a bad strategic move, in my humble opinion, and I think that um, it, I think it will be reversed. That's my hope, that this, this decree will still be reversed in the very near future. I promised you I'll give you a break. If you don't mind, I'd like to cancel it because people are really enjoying this discussion. And I'm here. I can go on as long as yes. you like. Now, um, part of the discussion is I have a, a group of 30 Rabbonim that are chatting with me now on the air. And they argue these are Rabbonim for the Bayit Yodi party. And they tell me that their, their argument, they're coming from a halachic perspective. The Rambam in Hilchis Melochim, Perik Zion, um, categorizes that a Melchemist Mitzvah is a Melchemist that's fought in defense. And it's quite clear that anyone that has a Rambam can open. Hilchus Malachim, Pairik Zion, the Rambam writes that any war that's fought in defense is called a Melchemist Mitzvah. And the Rambam writes in Halacha Zion, I'm talking to you as a Talmud Chochem. I know you're brisk Talmud, and brisk and the Rambam are very close. He writes, When is a person, any person, allowed to avoid a draft? A war which is fought as a mitzvah, and he calls it a defense war. Hakel yoitzin everyone, a Talmud Chochem, a Rosh Hashiva, a Fille Chosn Mechedroi, Vikale Mechiposa. Everybody must go and fight. And we all know that from time to time there are defense wars which Israel must fight. And why must the Chiloini father send his child and keep the Rambam? while the so-called Agudah, Degel, and all other, other um, religious political parties 
would fight that their children should not risk their lives. Okay, I, I want to tell you something. I mean, regarding quoting the Rambam, I know that Brisk loves to quote the Rambam. I love to quote the Rambam as well. But first of all, it, you know, the equivalent would be you walk into a court of law and you, and you quote the Constitution of the United States. And, you know, and the judge looks at you and he says, you know, um, the Constitution of the United States is a wonderful, wonderful document, but we have legal precedents, we have legal decisions, we have various courts, we have looked at the Constitution, we have, you know, you can't just go into the Constitution and argue your case. And if you, if you pay money for your attorney and all he does is quote the Constitution, um, I think you would have a very good grounds to get your money back from that lawyer. When you go into a court, um, you, you, your lawyer should prepare a brief citing recent decisions, citing recent cases. That's the way you argue a case. Um, orthodoxy, and you can tell those 30 Hashavar Abanam, orthodoxy is identical, identical. Orthodoxy is a way of, of law. It's, it's a system, it's a legal system. That's all it is. It's a legal system. I shouldn't say it's all it is, but it's a legal system. And that legal system has legal precedence. And if you go, anybody goes back to the Rambam, tries to decide a, a, case, a case like a present-day case, I would, he would be laughed out of the court, and I would, laugh him, I would laugh him out of my room as well. You have to cite recent decisions. You have to, write, you have to recite recent um, cases, which would be chuvas. You have to cite the Chazonish, who clearly um, stated that it's not a Mechemes Mitzvah what's going on today. And you have to cite all these types of things, and you have to have the Dalit Shrove dealt with all these issues. To, to cite the, the, the Constitution or to cite the Gettysburg Address, they're wonderful documents. But, but they have nothing to do, when you go into a court, you're going to cite this particular case um, and that particular case and how a judge looked at it over here and how a judge looked at it over there. The same thing is with orthodoxy. And when you look at these cases, you'll see that the Gedali show knew about the Rambam in, in, in about Mohammed's mitzvah. They knew about the Rambam's requirement that people have to go to work. Andrew Moshe Feinstein deals with this in the Moshe, and you have in various different shivas. So in all due respect to the third Rabban who are chatting with you, I have to tell you this, okay? If somebody would come into their court, into their bezin, and argue something from the Rambam, they will be left out of court. And they, they will be left out of court rightfully so, because you cannot go back to the original sources. You have to see what the Kesev Mishnah did with that, and what the Vishyashiv did with that, and what the Advas did with that, and what, the, and what various Shuvas did with that. That's why we have a wonderful legal system in our, in our religion, which is called Halacha. And you have to see how that's developed, and you have to deal with those issues. To, for, me, for, for them to proclaim that, that the Rabbanim, that the who knows by heart, and and Yashiv, and all these people, um, all these Gedali Yisrael, did not know this this very fundamental Rambam is a joke. Yes, but once again, to take a person like Remichal Avraham, one of the leading poskim in the Mizrahi movement, and just um, with a toss of the hand say that he's valueless, he is a leading poskim, he's a genius. He wrote an entire Al-Bachelke Shechanoris Chuvas, and he believes that people should join the draft. To exclude him from Gedoyle Yisrael is once again... I will again respond to that. I will respond to that. Let me tell you something. I will not say that he's valueless. I will say one thing. He has no right, regardless of his um, authority. I don't, know, I don't know him personally. I, I, I don't know very well. I don't know much of him. But I can tell you one thing. He has no right to go into another community. al he has no right to go into a different city or to a different community and tr- seek to impose his perspective upon another. He has no right. I'm not talking about morality. I'm not talking about ethically, which is also a violation of, the, of that, in my opinion. If he believes a certain psukim and certain halachas, he is fully entitled to paskin and to, to issue those decisions for his followers. But for him to come into my community and to issue things for my community or to your community or to somebody else's community is a violation of Allah. And you will see G'dayli Yisrael how reluctant they were. I even heard from Revel Yashif 
that he would never pass in the Allah. If somebody came from America, he would ask him to ask his place in, in, in the city where he was living. And he, and he, he always insisted that that where he was living, should contact him and to discuss the matter. He would refuse. He would decline. He was the, certainly the Godel Hadar. He was the big place from, 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 from the world in, in, the, in the past 10 years. He was recognized as such. But he would decline to pass on something for something which is negated to somebody else. For these people to come in and say, draft these yeshiva boys, take them out of the yeshivas, is, in my humble opinion, I don't, I'm not speaking about any individual Rav Chazor Shalom. I, I respect them all, but in my humble opinion, that's chutzpah with a capital ch. Before we continue, let's again, I see everyone's trying to call in. I will not take phone calls. If you want I to think text, you should take phone calls, Rabbi Harbutt. I would I, enjoy that. I can't take it for a simple reason, for two reasons I can't take it. I can't take it because my technician right. is not in the room now, and I don't want to start messing about with a phone when my technician is not in the room. If he comes in, I will answer the phones. But you can text, and I'll read the text for you. We have about a thousand coming in a minute. And the text number is 347-927-8398. Once again, 347-927-8398. Before I go on to the next segment, I'd like to conclude one thing. The magazine is claiming that Medinat Yisrael is forbidding people to learn Torah. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, that's not true. In every place in Israel, there's more Torah than every square inch of Israel, than any other place in the diaspora. Oh, one, 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 one second. Whose magazine are you quoting now? And <laughs> I read in the Ami this week that um, you write that the Medina Tisrael is worse than the Russians. And in my opinion, the Russians didn't let Torah and the Jews oh, do. Oh, I, I, I don't think we wrote that. But anyway, I, I'm, I'll, 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 I stand corrected on that. But anyway, I, um, let, let me tell you this, Rabbi Horowitz. I, I, know, I, I, I enjoy a good argument. I enjoy a good fight. <laughs> um, I have no problem. I don't back down. I don't know if you call me courageous or not courageous. No, I have no, no issue. Mr. Frankfurter, I have to give you credit because you have fought for years now with courage with every magazine that you put out. Don't get me wrong. Well, but, but, you know, you can call me courageous or not courageous, but let me, let me just tell you one thing. Um, I, uh, we, we, we stand for what we stand for, uh, and, and, and I will defend what we, what, what we defend. I, uh, let me just tell you something. I will not seek to impose our perspectives on any other community, uh, but I will defend and I will voice the, 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 um, the, 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 I will be the voice for those who are oppressed, and I do believe that there's been a, a piling on on the Haredi community like never before. It both on the internet, bloggers, um, and, and various laws that have been passed recently. Um, I think because the Haredi community does not have its own internet voice and does not blog as much as the anti-Haredi bloggers, we have been outshouted in many ways. I would like to give a voice to the powerless. I would like to give a voice to the oppressed. And I would like to, I don't, I don't attack Chazor Shalom, any of the Rabbanim that you cited, but I will voice the opinion of the Miatis Chachmei Atar, I will, I will voice the opinion of Miatis Gedal Atar, and I will voice the opinion of, 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 of the Bedats and the and of Satmer, and of Skver, and of all these communities who are united like never before, not to come into our yeshivos, not to come into our Talmud Tars, and try to shut us down. And I don't. I never said what you quoted me as saying is that there's no Torah learning on Israel. On the contrary, I always say the biggest exporter of Torah today, and it's unappreciated by the Israelis. I mean, they're much more. They're much prouder of the fact that they have startups, they have technological startups. But the Gedoli Israel and those who those who appreciate Tanakh and those who appreciate Jewish history, and those who appreciate the Rambam, like you said before, and those who appreciate all the G'dayli Yisrael throughout the generations, and those who understand that what Netzach Yisrael means. Netzach Yisrael does not mean to have a, a country that claims to be Jewish. What Netzach Yisrael means is to continue this unbroken chain from Avram Avinu. That's what Netzach Yisrael is. Understand the danger that they're being faced with, and we'll fight back to preserve this um, this Messiah. And I will try, and if, the little that I can contribute to that, Zechelki Mikolamoli. 
Um, thank you for that. Now, um, um, I'd like to read you a couple of text messages before we continue with this discussion. And I thank you for coming onto the air. And it seems like this is endless and beautiful. And there's nothing nicer than two people of opposing opinions managing to talk together. The first question is, someone has raised the following. Why are there so many capital I's in the Army magazine? <laughs> A capital I with my eye? Yes. <laughs> well, I think that people appreciate it. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm a very, very, to be very honest with you, I, I'm not a person that likes to sell myself, but I think people like to see things from a personal perspective. Um, I think people gravitate towards that. I certainly gravitate when a writer writes this from his own perspective. And I have to tell you another thing. If you think that there's objective writing in, in, in the New York Times, you're making a very, very, very big mistake. There will be no eyes in their writings. It will all look like it's objective reporting, but there's no objective reporting. It's all from the perspective of the writer. And you try, and on the contrary, I personally think that the New York Times is terrible for one, for one simple reason. You'll never see any eyes. It will all be so-called objective reporting. But, but, but the New York Times totally doesn't appreciate is any culture that's different than the United States that doesn't, doesn't appreciate anything that, that is against the Western perspective, the Western point of view. You will never see an eye, but it's full of eyes. So you know what? We are open about it. We do have eyes, and, um, and, and eyes meaning the capital eyes, like you're saying. We do state it from my perspective, but at least you know that this is, hey, this is, you don't agree with this perspective. You're entitled to that. But we are open about who we are. We are open that that this is a, a maybe a subjective point of view, and I keep on telling it to you. Like you, you challenged me before about the um, you know the uh, thirty rabbis uh, from Yeshatid or whatever from from Beit Yehudi who disagree with us. Call a couple to them. However, do not come into a different community and try to impose your perspective. I'm not imposing my perspective on anybody. I'm I am humbly. Um, being the shliach and the emissary of those people that, that I believe are oppressed. If you believe that otherwise, you can read it by another publication. I mean, you don't have to read us. <laughs> um, tell me this. Um, the next question I have here, that one, let's, let's, let's pick a good one here. Um, one guy asks, why such horrible pictures on the cover? <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I disagree with that. Most <laughs> likely, no, no, no response. Okay, no problem. Um, I mean, he, he, I guess that you know, he, he, I don't know what he likes. I mean, maybe you know, I mean, there's a lot. I, I have a feeling he's working for the competition. <laughs> okay, T- tell me, um, tell me this. People are very love. People are texting in that they love Chase Taub's column. Can you, yes. can you tell us a little bit about where you met him, how he came to Well, let me tell you, Rabbi Sheistaub is basically my discovery. Um, I met him, we're speaking about the New York Times, I met him through a New York Times article. Um, Rabbi Sheistaub was a featured speaker for, a, um, for people, if I remember co- correctly, people who were, sort of, who were suffering for, from addictions. And um, he, was, he was walking together, I remember the picture of the New York Times, he was walking the minister or, or person from 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 a Protestant minister. I, I forgot I forgot exactly where the, where, the, where the fellow was from, and those two were featured speakers for people who were suffering from addictions. And when I spoke to Rabbi Taub, I was so impressed by his Yiddish mind, because he was a Talmud Chacham, and 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 I, I and I believed that he had in him something a power to be able to give people aids, to be able to give people advice. And I told this to him, and he never said, yeah, you know what, that's interesting. And Baruch Hashem, I, I, again, using the word I, I think I discovered him. Um, so Baruch Hashem, he worked out very, very well, and he has a tremendous following, like everybody else in NAMI magazine. He's not the only columnist in NAMI magazine, but Baruch Hashem, he has a tremendous following. People really appreciate he's helped hundreds of people cope with their issues. Yes, I must admit that. And um, the next question, someone writes, why don't you, you spoke about the New York Times being biased. Why wouldn't the AMI magazine have a column every week to analyze newspapers' biased reporting? Because, as we know, every human being is biased in some direction. We do have a column called um, uh, Sightings and Sightings, where we make fun, uh, where, you know, silly things that appear in, in, um, in, in different publications. But you know what it is? We're just, 
there's just so much we can do. I mean, the publication is 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 limited. Everything is limited. The, the sky is the limit to what you can write every week, and uh, we choose what we think is important. And um, and you know, you have to have place for all the eyes, like you said, for the capital I. So all that takes up a lot of space. <laughs> Um, and um, Turks, where does he disappear to? Turks is still writing a column for us. Yes, P- people write. <laughs> Turks that. writes actually every week a column for us. But he has um, gone and um, taken a more, um, I'd say, less. He's writing less at least. Um, no, I, I think I'm not. Actually, I think we have a column from him every week. He, he may be busy with other things. Turks is one of the writers. Actually, I just spoke to him about an hour ago and checked up how his firm was because we had a lot of people who stopped me on the street. And also, in, in your Bismedish, uh, when I walked in after I met with you last night, Rabbi Horowitz, a lot of people were asking me about Turks. So Turks is still alive and kicking. <laughs> and um, uh, what's called again? The next question I have here. People say um, this. I'm going back. You know, let's you know, let's skip this question for the time being. Let's go to something a little more interesting. Gedoyle um, Yisrael, you feature sometimes Rebbes. Um, how do you choose which Rebbe to interview, or does the community call you up that their Rebbe needs exposure? Well, let, let me tell you something. You see, one of the things that I've always felt um, since we started the publication was that we have to work together with Gedoyle Yisrael. Um, Gedali Yisrael have, have broad perspectives, have wide We're fighting the same battle like they are. Um, we're not against them, Chazrishlam. On the contrary, we want to be their voice. I, 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 we need their backing, we need their support, we need their, their voice. And Baruch Hashem, I have, I have the, had the great merit, I've had the great success to be able to have, like you're saying before, David. And, and various others, and, and the Kung Rav Steinman, and, and also even Rav uh, Orbach. Uh, We've had this host to be able to be the voice of so many Gedal Yisrael, and every single time that I am a Shliach, and I can voice those opinions, I think they're the, the deepest opinions. I mean, you have many columnists, uh, Rabbi Horowitz, um, you have many columnists, you have people voicing this, but you know, when you speak to God will be sure, you see that they have a broader perspective. And you don't have to believe in Dastar. Without believing in Dastar, actually, with being a Kuiper in Dastar, you can still appreciate that they see things. Every time I speak to God will be sure, I'm amazed by their insights, for the most part. Um, how do I get those people? I mean, Baruch Hashem, we, 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 we reach out to people, especially, we have become a little bit of a different type of publication than most publications. We're much more um, time-sensitive. We're much more into the issues of the day. Uh, we're much more into current events. Um, when, our, when we do an interview, it's not just to have a Lakadish Panima type of article where you go into the Gilbert of Israel and you have this great perspective and, and you, you're in awe from the Tzaddik, and, and that's all fine, and it's all very good. But actually, we discuss with the Gedalia Israel issues that are affecting us um, at that time. If it's an issue for Kashrus, if it's an issue of Brismila, if it's an issue of, of Giyaz bon, Bonham, any issue that affects um, Klai Yisrael, I try to reach out to Gedalia Israel to get their perspective, and I, and I don't regret that, and, I, and, and I, I'll continue to do that, and we hope, Mishra, to do that as long as we, we exist. And you're Ms. Spallel in Bethel, I believe, and... Would you take, let's say, a weekly opinion from someone like Rabbi Snow and the like? Yeah, I mean, I don't dive in, in Bethel. I happen to. I mean, don't let's. You know, for the record, I happen to dive in the Chassidus Shishtibel, but I, I do. I happen to be a big um, Chassid. I, I didn't even call myself a fan. I, I call myself a Chassid of um, the Venerable Benzin Miller because I think there's no. There are very few people who know how to be misspelled like he is. And he moves me like no other Balfilla does. So I go in there occasionally. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have absolutely no... You know, let, let me tell you something, Rabbi Horowitz, before I know that time is running out. Let, let, let me share this with you. One of my great disappointments, one of my greatest disappointments since I became a publisher, and also in my life, was the divide that Gius brought in Claudius show. And you're saying that there are 30 Rabbanim, whatever the amount of Rabbanim there are, this has brought a divide. I see... I see um, people who are otherwise shame retired mitzvahs. I see people who are otherwise Ehrlich, and they don't understand what Israel is trying to do. They don't get it, in my opinion. And, and it's very, very depressing to me that this has divided Claudius Israel. 
And um, I, 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 I feel that this divide, you know, I wanted to, you know, I started out being the voice of all of Kalei and this issue has divided us, to be very blunt with you. If you ask me about Rabbi Snow, I don't know where he stands on this issue. But this has been a divisive, very, very divisive issue. And this is something which is, in my opinion, something which is so vital that we can't look away at this. So when I invite somebody who's against, who's for Gius, take, take for instance, um, to write the column for us, the answer is probably no. Okay, so that's good to know, that although it's an intelligent magazine, some intelligence is suppressed, such as if Rabbi Snow or Rabbi Heschel Schechter or someone on the left, so to call, is against Gius Bnei Yeshivas, they will not be able to voice their opinion in your magazine, just as they cannot voice their magazine in the Mishpacha, in the Blatt and in the Yid. That's clear. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, 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 if you want to call us conservative, and whereas the New York Post is, is liberal, I mean, I'm not the New York, the Daily News, and the Post is conservative. I mean, if you want to characterize us as being very anti, anti, um, the draft, the answer is yes. I, I, we do believe that the, the draft, whether it was designed to, um, to, to reform the Orthodox, community, or whether that will be solely the result of it, where we truly believe that this is probably the biggest existential threat to the Orthodox community since Ascola. There's no question in my mind. There's no question in my mind that the community cannot remain the same and say, okay, we'll just take your boys out for a year or two to the army and we'll return them. You can't just return boys like that. It will change. And once you start messing with something like that, and once you start saying, well, you know what, I know, Robert, you know, I think that you believe, well, we'll take out the boys for a year or two. They're anyway not learning so slicing. They're not anyway not the biggest masmidim. They don't learn so diligently. They're not the aluyim like Israel likes to call them. So we'll take them out and we'll return them to you. There's it's a point of no return. I'm not even talking about the, the you know, the Shmir Shabbos and all those other issues, but you'll just change the community. It, it doesn't work that way. It, you, you ch- and Israel understands that. Look at their, look at their writings. Look how they, how they, um, try to, um, um, try to deal with the Haredi problem. They consider this a major problem. The growth of the Haredi community is considered a problem by Israeli scholars. And they're trying to deal with it. One of the ways to deal with it is through the draft. And they're 100% right. It's a great way to deal with the problem. But we don't, we, we want to preserve that problem. And because we want to preserve that problem, we're going to fight it. As, I can only fight it. I'm not going to fight it with sticks and stones. I can fight it with words. I can fight it with articles. And we'll continue to do that. Okay, now, the most, um, I have like about, I can't even count anymore the text messages, but the one question which is coming up all the time again I hope and again. I not about the, about, the, about the magazine covers and the pictures. <laughs> no, is this following <laughs> question. They ask, why did Haraydim not gather in Manhattan for a massive Yom Tefillah when our brethren were fighting the wars, when they stood in Aza or in Lebanon and they risked their lives to protect us? Where was this community at that time why do i we can only, only say that I, I i know for sure for certain that during the six-day war um when there was an existential threat to the, to 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 israel with existential threat to the people living in israel i know that the satan was joining and all his yeshivas and all his chabarim joining in thriller for the for 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 yes for, yes that was the six-day war but you didn't hear a single sign in borough park flatwash or williamsburg half a year ago when our brethren were fighting the amud anon and pillar of cloud not a single signature was out there on the streets that people should go out and pray no one united well, if it, if, no if, one if, came if out the question posed to me i mean i don't know why this question is posed to me the question is posed should be posed to the government of israel and if you're asking me personally i think you're 100 percent right and i'd like to see in the future if such a thing arises the army to make at least a loud voice as they're making now that people shall pray for our brethren and even today every day as they're dressed in green they're risking their life for us and i have friends in the idf many friends they're risking their life every day for us. Can't we have a little prayer for them? Well, let me, let, me just, let me just reveal something to you. I'm going to reveal, which I usually don't do, um, but I'm going to reveal 
the cover of next week's magazine. <laughs> next week's magazine, um, we're going to actually feature one of the heroes, in my opinion. He's from Beit Yehudi, who voted against the draft law. He is, he is a Zionist, a very strong Zionist, a passionate Zionist. He spent 10 years, I don't know how many years you spent probably hard with in the Israeli army, but he spent 10 years in the Israeli army, and he was a major in, in the Israeli army. And he supports the Haredi community. He understands where they're coming from. He respects their, their, their culture. He respects our culture. He respects our perspective. Although he believes, and he will be teaching his kids that it's a mitzvah to go to the army, but he understands the chashivas of Torah. He can understand what the Haredi community is going. That's a hero in my eyes. And those types of heroes we need. Not 30 rabbanim who come into the Orthodox Haredi community and tell them how to change their lifestyle. I would never walk into a shul. I don't wear white socks on Shabbos. I would never tell anybody to take over the white socks or put on white socks. It is their choice. It is their choice how to live their life. And I respect it. And I respect every Hasidus and every non-Hasidus and every Litvashi Yeshiva. They have their Messiahs and every Sfardashi community and every, and every community out there including the religious Zionist communities. I have gone to the Kaisal on, on Friday night. I have been so inspired like by some kids they were coming from 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 Bethel, um, from the from the um, from from the um, settlement, and they were davening with such passion. I've never seen it in my life. They were actually dancing. I've never I actually davened their minion. I respect it all. We got to live to respect each other. That's what it's all about. You got to respect it. If so do you, is, do you respect a soldier fighting? Did you ever write a cover on your magazine? Let us unite in prayer. Did you ever say that those young men who are giving their lives to protect us put a cover on your magazine i don't know if we had one but for sure we wouldn't censor such a column for sure i would write for something like that if there would be an, a, a threat to israeli soldiers and there would be they would they would need filler i would certainly encourage it i mean and i'm been, and i've been so honest with you throughout this interview i've told you exactly where i stand and trust me that i'm not lying to you about this as well i thank you for that let's go on to the next point People, uh, people want to ask the following question. Why they can't find your magazine in Williamsburg in stores? We are, Baruch Hashem, in every store in Williamsburg. We are probably today the strongest English publication that's being sold in Williamsburg. And we are, Baruch Hashem, today probably one, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't like to exaggerate. I think we're the number one selling um, Orthodox English publication. And throughout Every Orthodox community, Baruch Hashem, and I think it's because of our integrity. If you don't, even if you don't like where we stand, at least you know where we stand. We don't have to agree with the editorial policy of every editorial that I write. Even even my kids don't agree with everything that I write. I mean, you <laughs> know, I mean, I, I I get arguments from many people that I love and think they disagreed with my editorial. You don't have to agree with everything that I write, and sometimes I regret certain things that I wrote. But but we are at least honest. We are open. We tell you exactly where we stand. And I think that's why people appreciate the candor and the intelligence of this publication. You know, and I must tell you this, that your honesty and your publication makes it a pleasure to read. And it is true that it is the most widely read and most widely discussed magazine. And that's the only reason I brought you up on my show today. And... Well, Rabbi Horowitz, let me tell you this. I don't think there's so many differences of opinion between the two of us. And if there are differences of opinion, does that mean that people with differences of opinion, that's not, that, that's not tolerance. To say that everybody has to agree to the same thing, that's not tolerance. I tolerate everybody. I will voice my opinion as strong as I can, but I will not bury the other side. I don't think you will find any nasty remarks about the other side and people who disagree with us, but I will still voice that opinion. I will attack those, by the way, who are forcefully trying to take away our voice from the issue. That's what I will attack. But I, otherwise, I do not. I, I'm respectful towards every, and on the contrary, we pray and hope that every Jew, including people who are outside the Orthodox community, and I'm saying the broader Orthodox community, to pick up the magazine, and I know that we have certain restrictions, we don't have pictures of ladies, but to, to be able to appreciate it for what it is, and I think there's a lot to glean from our magazine, Baruch Hashem. As Rabbi Sachs always says, if we would have nothing in common, we wouldn't be able to communicate. If we would have everything in common, there would be no need to communicate. 
But you so. know what? But the, uh, the irony is, Rabbi Horowitz, that the people on the left, and I'm telling you this, is they are far less tolerant to opposing views than the people on the right. You have no idea how I am sometimes slaughtered for voicing an, a strong opinion about where we stand as a Haredi community. I am slaughtered. I mean, I'm sometimes, I mean, I, I, they, my words are distorted. People put words into my mouth. I, I, I see myself on blogs. I mean, that's not liberalism. Liber- I mean, that is liberalism, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, like, but, 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 but being liberal means to allow people to have their perspectives. I appreciate everybody's perspective. I will never cause a put down anybody. A child that, that, that a, a mother who has a child that's going out to the war, to, to the army and, and fighting for, the, for, for Israel's survival, how can I not respect that? Of course I respect that. But there is a, an existential threat to the Orthodox, to the Haredi community. The Gdali Israel are concerned about something. There has been a certain growth there's been a growth, there's been a Torah's prospered in Israel, like you said. You said that, and I agree with you on that. Israel has, is, is the biggest export. Kimitian is being miskaim today, beyond today, beyond We see that growth, we see that Kimitian I don't want to see that coming to end as well as all the Gedali Israel don't want to see that coming to an end. And that's what this thing is all about. This will put it to an end by taking these boys at a young age, at any age, and putting them into the army. It will never, ever be the same. If people think otherwise, they're full, they don't understand what, what chinuch means. They don't understand what, that you just can't change one little aspect and putting them into the army and say everything else will stay the same. Nothing will stay the same. And they want it to stay the same to a certain extent. Yes, does it need adjustments? Does it need refinement? We always have to improve ourselves. That's why we have Erosh Hashanah and Nasser Simei Tshuva and we have Yom Kippur. We always have to improve ourselves. There's no question that we're not perfect. That's not an issue of us being perfect. Thank you. But we have to preserve a certain Messiah. Our time is running out. And before we finish, I'd like to ask a very candid question. Being in the public eye is a certain enjoyment, but it does come with a high risk and with a lot of pressure. Can you just be honest with us how much it has costed you not money-wise, in, in um, emotionally. How much has this whole um, endeavor costed you emotionally? I have to tell you that it's a humbling experience. If anybody thinks that there's any cover to this or anything, it's the most humble. You feel, and people used to say this to me, and I didn't understand it, you feel like a servant. You feel humble because you're a servant for a greater cause. The cause is far greater than us. This generation is far greater than the, 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 the generation that is just a small speck in the Jewish history. And what we're trying to do is a little servant for this generation. And what we try to do and is fraught with problems on a daily basis, everything we do is we're beaten up about. So if you think that this makes me feel proud, on the contrary, it makes me humble. Anybody who's been in this position can tell you that it's the most humbling experience. So I would like to thank you for what you've done, and I hope in the future to bring you up again because this has really been an interesting discussion. Your magazine, your magazine has been done tremendous service to Claudia Sol, and yes, the more voices in the conversation of humanity, the more diverse our conversations are, the more enjoyable, the more intelligent, and the more Jewish the world becomes. And for that, you have done a tremendous service on behalf of Claudia Sol. I will may take a short break, and I hope, Rabbi Frankfurt, you just stay with me on the phone now. Thank you.